Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, it, I, I retired from, from the WWE. And my last match was um, 2006, last time I wrestled. And um, it was in 2003, I went through some really hard times. Uh, it really hit rock bottom. And then I found out that uh, Rock Bottom actually had a basement. <laughs> so I've been through some really difficult times, but it was making this amazing comeback in life through my faith and through, believe it or not, helping other people, man. There's no there's no greater joy than, than helping others. So um, I... Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews Live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great, Neil. How are you? Fantastic. This guy has the most amazing stories in the world. Uh, I've interviewed him like four times. He's the former WCW heavyweight champion and WWE superstar, Mark Miro. Mark, thanks for stopping by, man. And, and I've been so impressed of your mission with kids and inspiring people in so many ways. And it's from how you hit rock bottom in life that really taught you what was important, right, Mark? Neil, it's great to see you. And, and Greg, it's great to meet you. Uh, you know, they say when you when you find your passion, you never have to work. So I guess I've been unemployed for about 16 years now. <laughs> I actually love what I do. There's no greater joy than than helping another person. But it was, um, you know, I've been through so much in my own life. Um, hardships, loss of loved ones, divorce, brokenness, heartache, you know. And man, the worst part about it is seeing other people that are going through it, but helping them go through it as I went through things in life where you can be maybe a light in their darkness. Well, it's interesting. How long ago, roughly, did you start going down the path of, you know, helping others? Well, you know, it, I I retired from, from the WWE. My last match was um, 2006, last time I wrestled. And um, it was in 2003, I went through some really hard times, uh, really hit rock bottom. And then I found out that uh, Rock Bottom actually had a basement. <laughs> so I've been through some really difficult times, but it was making this amazing comeback in life through my faith and through, believe it or not, helping other people, man. There's no there's no greater joy than, than helping others. So um, I started in, in 2000, let's see, in, in 2007, I got a call from Melbourne High School. They, they just wanted me to come and speak to their football team. You know, they heard some of the stories on, on television about me. And, and I wasn't speaking to schools at that time, although I did many, many years ago when I was in wrestling. But I haven't done it for years. And they asked me to come speak to their football team and just about not doing drugs and so on. Anyway, I spoke to, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 players. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't it wasn't a large, lot of people. And next thing I know, I start getting these emails and how these kids say, man, you really changed my life. You really gave me hope. You really inspired me. And I was like, wow, that is really cool. Unbeknownst to me, that school told another school about me and they wanted me to come and speak to their whole high school. And it just snowballed from there, man. And then my videos, my videos went viral and um, it's just been an amazing journey. Uh, one that I never anticipated, but one that I've, I've been so blessed, man. I, I I tell you, this is the the greatest thing I've ever I have ever done. I mean, when people say, "Well, man, you're, you're a WWE wrestler," this there's no comparison to getting a, a a letter or a student telling you that you changed or even saved their life. And it's all about branding, too, Mark. You were able to use wrestling's brand to help others, which is the story. You make your your uh, shows when you go out to the schools and make them like big time productions. So did you, where did you kind of come up with those brainstorming ideas of saying, how can I make it different than other people that talk about bullying in schools? And, and well, all that? Yeah. when I, when I speak to people that want to be like a, an inspirational speaker or, or presenter, I always tell them like they come up there with the, these notes and they try to memorize notes or they're looking at their notes a lot. And I said, I think my success really came from not, and don't get me wrong. I don't got nothing about, about notes. I mean, it's always good to have bullet points and things, but I really just speak from my heart of, of personal experiences. I more than a presenter, I feel like I'm a storyteller. 
and I share stories of my life, my personal stories. And when kids see that I'm not afraid to talk about depression or anxiety or suicide or things that I, I've experienced or went through in my own life, they feel open to talk about it and, and get help or reach out to me and say, man, how did you how did you get out of this or how did you get through it? And, and it becomes really in-depth conversation that I'm able to help other people. But um, uh, getting back to the, the branding part about it is that, you know, when in WWE is bigger than life, you know, so I wanted to make my presentations kind of multimedia. Like when I'm talking, they're showing pictures of me growing up or my house or apartment I grew up in behind me. And then we they zoom in the on the room that I point out is my bedroom where I started dreaming as a little kid of becoming something in life. And uh, it, and then, um, you know, of course, shows when I finally made it in wrestling and the big house, the cars, the boats and all the things that material things that you think are going to make you happy. And then come to realize that at the end of the day, you're at some point you're all alone. And um, that's where the comeback starts uh, through through my my gosh, my, the drug addiction, the brokenness, the loneliness, the heartache, and then making this amazing comeback in life and being able to help so many along the journey. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Mark, Mark, tell us uh, tell us one of your one of your stories that's really close to you. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I I guess one that that really touched my heart, especially with Father's Day just passing, was. I spoke at a school not too long ago, and um, the there was um, there was this young 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 man that the principal said, "Hey, can you go over and talk to him?" Uh, he goes, "Let me give you a little backstory." He's uh, he is this kid is a one of the best football players I've ever seen. He's going to a Division One full scholarship, and he didn't really tell me much other, but I could see the kid was really down. Like after my presentation, he was looked like he was in tears, so he was just sitting by himself. And I went over and I go, "Hey, man, how you doing?" And he just said, good. And we exchanged pleasantries, your name and stuff. And I said, I just I just heard that you got a, a scholarship to a Division One school for football, man. That is incredible. Your parents must be so proud of you. He goes, he goes, they never saw me play. I go, they never saw you play. He goes, no, they never came to a game. And I thought to myself, Man, my dad worked every. My dad worked the corner of my boxing matches. He'd been to every hockey game, football game, boxing match, everything I'd been through. My dad was there at everything. My mom too. My mom, mom when growing up, my mom would be at all my my games too. And I thought, how cool was it when you score a goal, or you sack the quarterback, or you win a boxing match? You look over and there's your your mom or your dad in the audience, you know. And just my heart really went out to this kid, and and I just encouraged him. And um, I, I don't know, I think I, I think I really connected with the kid because I, I really felt what he was feeling because I knew what it was like to have a father, but I thought, what would it be like not to have a dad in my life? You know, a role model, uh, someone you could look up to, someone you could talk to, someone that can give you advice, a mentor. And um, that was one that, that really, I always remember this kid, but I had gotten so many letters from students that, um, were suicidal that that say I saved their life by the presentation and especially my mother's video that I put out there that talk about um, you know their, our relationship with our with our mothers is uh, went, went viral and has helped so many people. Wow! And uh, what do you think? How rock bottom felt for you? When did it start? You started really saying to myself, "I really hit rock bottom," because the people need to know that. Because in, sometimes in your life, you don't ever think it's going to happen to you, but it happens to people. It happens yeah, to no. almost everyone at some point, not even for like one day, but to, to a level of a loss of something. How well, did you finally learn that you could deal with that, even though at first you couldn't? Well, there was a time in my life where I had millions of dollars in the bank and I thought, man, I could live the rest of my life and just enjoy myself. And then through divorce and bad financial decisions and and drug addiction all of a sudden I realized I got nothing and I became a um um I became a personal trainer at Gold's gym and this is a, this is kind of a cool story I'll share with you guys real quick was that you know people would walk into Gold's gym and they go Mark Merrill they go what are you doing here and they go I work here and they go you work at Gold's gym and it was almost like a very humbling experience but my client, I was a personal trainer. So my clients, we had this wall of fame at the, at the, at the gym. And my clients were like, you know, always on the wall of fame. And I was always getting this connection with students or, or with 
with, 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 with employee or people that I'm training. And um, it, it really became a, a connection that I had with people that I was able to help a lot of people. And in turn, it was helping myself. But I went through a, um, a, a suicidal, it was Christmas day where I remember, um, gosh, I had no place to go. I had no family, my mother, my father, uh, both passed on my little brother and sister. They both died at 21. I just went through the divorce with, with my ex and it was Christmas day. It's like a day we celebrate the birth of our savior, you know, music and presents and the Christmas tree and family. And, and I had no place to go. And I drove down to Cocoa beach, uh, Florida. And I sat under a pier on Christmas day. And I remember just watching the waves roll in and roll out and thinking this is what rock bottom feels like i have and, and it wasn't it was it was having nobody it was having nobody to talk to nobody to call um my my younger brother was going through his own his 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 hard time my other my other sister uh tried to end her life through an overdose oh man we just were we were just broken and um we're driving home thinking, I just want to end this, man. I just, I just want it to be over. I mean, how do you live like this? And that's why, gosh, what a gift that I was given to understand what people feel like when they hit rock bottom. And when I say rock bottom had a basement, it meaning that I wanted to end my life. You know, I just mm -hmm. felt that my best years, I was broken too. My body was messed up from wrestling too. All the surge, 14 surgeries, you know, so much, um, and I was overweight at this time. I looked terrible. I didn't ever think anybody would ever want me in their life, you know. And I remember driving home and retrieving my handgun. And I just walked into, uh, I had this big walk-in shower. My house was for sale. And I was just a horrible place in my life. And I just leaned against the wall. And I remember putting the gun to my my head. And I just felt like, this is it, man. All of a sudden, my, my heart starts pounding out of my chest. I could just feel, I could hear it almost, you know. And and um, and also I've seen flashes like this visions of my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, people that passed on before me. And, and many of my friends that died before me died so young. And I've seen all these, this vision, this, this thoughts in my head. It's like a movie's going in my head. And then I just remember that I just wanted to end it. I wanted to be with these, these people. I thought I could, I could be with them. And then all of a sudden this vision of hell comes into my head. I mean, guys, it was, it was just so clear, you know, and I'm, I'm not here to preach to nobody. I'm just telling you my story. And it was like this, this thought of a place I don't want to go to. I just felt like I didn't live a good life. I was not doing the right thing. I never lived. I wasn't living at the time for Christ. And I remember just falling to my knees and asking God to forgive me and, and to please help me start over. And that's when I got a job at Gold's Gym. But it was the beginning of starting over. And then all of a sudden, good things started happening. It's like, it's almost like God assigns people in your life and they just show up when you need them the most. And, and through these relationships and friendships and new love and new happiness and new joy, it was like I found Mark Merrill's calling in life. I mean, I, I believe God's got a purpose for all of us. I don't care who you are out there, no matter what you're going through. And you heard part of my story. I mean, it's, it's obviously much worse than this short time I could really share, but it was through so much pain and heartache that I went through and, and I've been to so many funerals and seen so much death in my life that I wanted to live. And I tell you, when death fight comes to find me, they're going to find me living, man, <laughs> because I really, I really want to make a difference. I, I don't want, when, when I pass on someday, I don't want people to say, oh, yeah, man, I love watching him wrestle or, or something to do with sports. It was, I hope they remember me for making a difference in other people's life. That's the greatest gift we could leave anybody is the difference we make in someone else's life, paying it forward. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so you mentioned that you did high school talks and school talks and so on. Do, do you do like businesses? Do you go to companies and help I do. people like I do. Um, I, in fact, um, I just spoke at the winter conference for the um, for all the Florida sheriffs. Ron DeSantis was there. He was one of the speakers. And I was the I was a keynote speaker for that. And uh, it was amazing. So I'm doing some corporate events, which is nice because it really helps funding the the school events. You know, a lot of schools, they don't have the funds or or the the means to to bring me in or fly me across the country. So this has really helped out doing corporate events. Um, and I enjoy that because I, I talk about not becoming complacent in life. Yeah. You know, so many times as we get older, man, we 
we seem to settle for the status quo and uh, we say things like, oh, I wish I would have done this or I wish I could have done that. Or we say things like those were the days where, man, I'm here to tell you these are the days. <laughs> these are the days we learn from past mistakes. We grow in grace and knowledge and we can accomplish anything we set our minds to. I mean, gosh, you could start a business. You can you could self-publish a book. And so many people listening to us right now have an amazing story. They could self-publish their own book just from online companies that do yeah. it, you know, and, and sell copies as you as they're ordered. You know, it's it's such a great process if that's what you wanted to do, you know. It gives everyone hope that they have a story, Mark. And Mark, how old are you? Because that's the surprise because you, 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 you look younger every time I talk. And it's like you're <laughs> reverse aging every time. But how old are you, Mark? Uh, brother, I turn uh, in three weeks. I turn 63 years old. Yeah. You, yeah, but I, you know what? I, it's it's funny because I I mean I feel like I feel like a kid. My body's completely healed. I I really feel good in life. I stay I stay in good shape. I mean I train a few times a week, and I I obviously eat, eat really good. And uh, but I think you know being around young people keep you young, man. <laughs> you got to try and keep up with these kids today, man. And it's funny because every time I go to a school, it's like one kid wants to you know it's. The, the kids are so competitive. You know, let me arm wrestle you. Let me wrestle you. <laughs> no, buddy, I'm retired. Okay, that's hilarious. So, so speaking, um, you probably do some workshops. You know, maybe do some coaching. Like, what what are kind of the evolution that you see over the next you know few years for you as you really grow and expand into this? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I it's funny because I I you know I talk about setting goals. Like when I was a little kid, I used to write my little. Book. I still have it to this day. In fact, I take it to every one of my presentations. It's a book of a, of a little boy's dreams that eventually would come true. It's almost like writing it into existence, you know? And um, I, I talk about like, you know, obviously having a plan. Like for example, uh, when I wrote my first book, um, it was it was 2008, I decided to, to write a book. I wanted to share some of my story. So what I did was I took a post-it note and all I did was write book 2010 and then stuck it on my computer. Now, every single day I get on my computer, what do I see? This little post-it note that said book 2010. In other words, that time I gave myself two years to write a book. Okay, that's That was my goal. You know, Some people can do it sooner or faster or whatever, but I set a goal in two years, I want to have a book. Now, every day I get in front of this computer, I see that book 2010 post-it note. Well, the first year goes by, I didn't write anything, okay? But I'm still seeing this. I'm getting, oh my gosh, I got one year left now, you know? So that's when I, I started writing. And um, and it just started coming together. It's like, you got to get this momentum going. And next thing I know, December of that year, <laughs> my book was published right before 2010 came. And uh, so that goal was accomplished. But if it wasn't for that post note that reminded me of that dream, that goal every day, I don't think I would have had my book finished or maybe a, maybe a year or two later. Who knows? I don't even know when, if I would have ever even ever done it. But those are great reminders are, are little things that you could write down and put somewhere where you have to see it because it, it keeps you accountable and it, it brings to memory because many times years go by, they go, oh, I always wanted to do this or that. But when it's in front of you, it's a constant reminder. Setting those goals, setting that, it's so, so, so important. Oh my gosh. And uh, do you, like you being again near Diamond Dallas Page, right? You're, are you still near? You're, you're not, you're in Florida now, right? No, no, I'm I'm 20 minutes from DDP. Yeah, you're, you're 20 minutes yeah. from DDP. Yeah, we get How to- How much of a mentor is he still being? Man, he's killing it. Give us an update on Dallas. Oh, what's he, happening? You know what? It's funny because when we get together, it's like we 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 bring each other up to another level. We inspire each other. We're, we're each other's- biggest supporters too. I mean, we, we both have different kinds of programs. I mean, he's, he, he does a lot of, you know, the DDPY with the yoga and inspiring people and being a life coach and so on. And I'm doing a lot of the younger kids. And um, so we both have our own lane that we're in, but it's really the same thing. You know, it's about bringing people to be the best version of themselves, not necessarily competing with other people, being the best version of themselves. And uh, he's one of my closest friends. He's a great guy. He's um, um He's a guy that we talk on the phone and next thing you know, hours can go by of us just chatting about life. And, and he's got a lot of good things coming up. And, um, um, and, and one of the questions I, that uh, Greg, I think you asked me was what, what do I see for the future was, you know, um, I would like to do more corporate events. I'm, I'm starting to really enjoy that because um coaching or being, being around my peers is a lot of fun too. You can have some fun with, with Joe 
jokes and, and, and have a little bit of sense of humor as where I'm going to schools. You know, you got that short 50 minutes to inspire a student and really connect with them. And it's a it's a it's a it's a challenge that I I love because man, at the end of my presentations, many times the kids are just you wouldn't believe how many kids stay after to meet me or you know, talk to me, which I love doing. That's my favorite part of the presentation. Every school I say to my, hey, if, if I could stick around and talk with the students, please let me. Sometimes they let me, or sometimes they say, no, oh, they got to go to their next class or something. But schools that are are have been really um, I think inspired or moved by the presentation, let me stay and speak with kids. And that's where you can really identify kids that are self-harming, suicidal, broken, lost, um, kids that really need someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's really great. You know, a lot of a lot of adults could use that same kind of uh, support and help for sure. I, I agree. And that's and that link and to finish what we were what I was saying was that that's something I'm really looking forward to, especially as like as I get older, I I have so much that I've experienced in life. And so when someone says to me, you're not gonna believe what I went through, I'm thinking to myself, well, you have no idea. <laughs> I probably have, and a lot worse. So uh, I, I enjoy hearing people's stories and find ways that we could connect and help each other. Excellent. So, you know, being, a, you know, now, a, I wanna say a self-help motivational uh, expert now that you're becoming an R uh, to help others as well. Who in your life, uh, you know, influenced you? I know probably your your dad and and others. Um, were there any particular, I want to say, mentors like you know, like a like a Jim Rohn or a Zig Ziglar, anybody like that that you studied or listened to um, to, well, to know, help with self improvement? It's funny. I went and saw one of Zig Ziglar's last performances before he passed on, and obviously, you know, he he's just was an amazing person in, in life, you know, but I wanted, I wanted to see him. And at this time of his life, he, he had dementia and he had his, he had his son and his, I, I think it was his, I think it was his wife and someone else on stage that would help keep the stories going because he would, he would often repeat himself or forget what he was saying. They were to remind him, but he was still, you know, he, he had so much knowledge, you know? So the funny thing he was doing, he told this story and then, um, and it was a really inspirational story. And then he started telling the same story over. And his son goes, "Dad, Dad, you just told that story." He goes, "I know, but that them back that those guys back there didn't hear it." <laughs> and it was it was hilarious. The whole place just broke out <laughs> because he almost kind of made fun of himself that he, he couldn't remember. But getting back to the people that have inspired me, my uh, my boxing coach um, Ray Rinaldi. He, he's uh, ninety three now, and he's been in my life since I was sixteen years old. And he's been with me through the, the the peaks and the valleys of winning, losing, making in life, marriage, divorce, uh, you know, everything. And he's been one person that I always said, if I grow up, that's the guy I want to be like. You know, that's the person that that has, has helped so many troubled kids like myself. There's so many Mark Marrows out there that this guy has inspired in life, boys and girls. And it's just an incredible, incredible journey. Now he's... You know he's in the in the, in the in the last chapters of his life, and um, we are so close. I just called him on on Father's Day, and I'm going to see him uh, July uh, 14th through the 16th. So I'm going to spend some time with him in in New York. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, of course, my faith in God is first and foremost, though I, I I can't say anybody without saying that because without Christ in my life, I I wouldn't be here today, and I I owe everything my comeback in life, everything I've been through and the way I treat others now is because of my faith in him. Yeah. Once you have that relationship, Mark, and you know that you wouldn't want to treat, that you don't want to be treated that way. You make sure you treat people very, very nice and humble because when it happens to you, it's a, it's a rude awakening when you're being treated poorly. And, or, and, or, you know, the thing is not everybody's nice to you. You know, there's some people that say very mean and nasty things. And, and there was a time in my life where I'd want to just fight back, like write, right back. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I, if you're on social media, like write and write back and tell them how you feel. And now I, I, I'm so good at just ignoring it or actually, I gotta be honest. Many times that people said some really nasty things about me or to me or, or made up something about me, I actually pray for a man. Maybe they're going through a really bad season in their life. I know when I was hurting, it's almost like you want to see other people hurting, you know? So I kind of, and it's funny because I've actually had people that have wrote back and apologized to me years later for something they said about me or, or, or 
social media or a book or something and apologize to me. Um, and I tell you this, it's one of the greatest things is, is, is not letting your temper or your anger overwhelm you, you know? Um, and so, I don't know, it's just something that's really been great in my life that I, I you know, walk down the hall and you say hello to someone, they look at you like you're crazy. And it's like, God bless you, man. You know? Wow, that's pretty crazy. That's amazing. Greg, you have your favorite question now for Mark. I, I do. I can't wait to ask this one. I'm excited. Mark, I ask everybody this. And, you know, for selfish reasons, first, it's to help me be better in life. Um, but also, more importantly, for those people who are listening to Neil's show and might eventually hear it on mine. Um, so here it goes. Uh, Mark, what, what's the most important thing in life you feel you've ever learned? Well, we all, we all go through storms in life. Every one of us, man, life is not easy. And, you know, some storms, you could just walk through them, you know, some storms you, you got to run through. And there are some storms that come in life that you got to hold on with everything you got, but don't let go. Don't give up. Don't quit. It's, you know, just don't quit, man, because after every storm, man, the sun will eventually shine and it could be brighter than you could ever imagine. But if you quit, you'll never know that. So please don't quit. You know, whether you're going through a season in life, maybe you're a broken marriage that you're trying to save or give it everything you've got. So even when it's said and done, you can look in the mirror and you say, I really tried my best. And that's all you can ever ask from somebody. Just try your best. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Great information, Mark. Best place people can find information on you, Mark. Where can they go? No, man, just uh, type my name and I'm, I'm all over, you know, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I'm, I'm everywhere. So, um, uh, and of course, my my website, if you want me to come to speak to your your uh, corporate event, your school, it's thinkpause.org. And pause is P-O-Z, thinkpoz.org. And um, I'd love to come out to your area and uh, inspire your community. Appreciate it, Mark. Another great time. You're so amazing how you come your busy schedule always come on my show. I appreciate it, sir. The first time was 2009. My first year in radio and podcasting, 2009, you came on my show and we stayed in touch. And I think it's been four times and we've both grown in different ways. So it was great having well, you on. Thanks for having me back and God bless you, Neil and Greg. Right, great you. to meet you, man. I hope I see you guys again sometime. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mark. All right. That was Celebrity Interviews Live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Guys, take care. We're back to the Neil Haley Show. My guest today again is Paul Hollis, author of the Holloman series and owner and CEO of Seniors Publishing. Paul, how are you? And you know what? You started to scratch your head when you said, you know, I'm seeing all these publishing companies and all they do is publish the book. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, publishing the book is is the first step, maybe, you know, basically. I mean, you have preliminary steps of editing and writing and all that sort of thing, but publishing gets you gets you to the point where you can become an author. Then you start building your brand. And then you've got then you've got uh, websites, podcasts, you've got um, marketing to to contend with and and it's like who's gonna do that? What's gonna do it and how do you how do I do it as an author? Well, this is what we're gonna do for you. Uh, and in and, and give you different uh, uh, packages of customization and 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 just just really cater to what your needs are and not what our needs are. I'm going to tell you right now, Paul. Every publishing company is not doing the marketing. They are making them pay a ton of money for publishing the book, but that's just the beginning. It's the marketing. And for you know, with again the media giant partnering with organizations like Seniors Publishing and like uh, Cowboy Three Four Seven and other people that are interested in me partnering, providing my services my agency can provide. I think it's such a fantastic situation for people to get the chance to be a guest on my show, to get the ability to increase their followers on social media, being able to become relevant in social media, learn the technology, learn all the different things for a portion of a cost what most marketing agencies charge. And the reason is, is because we have been doing it forever. You've been in publishing for so many years. I have been in marketing for so many years. And you thought, Neil, well, why don't we do this? So one thing that you guys do at Senior Publishing is, again, website development. You'll build a website. It takes mostly six months to create a website, guys. Paul's agency will do it in probably the, the less time, maybe a month if you're publishing with him. 
If you want a podcast, we can create a podcast. If you want a marketing plan, if you want a book launch, a virtual book launch, we'll do it for you. All of those different things. And if you come up with something maybe we never heard of, Paul will do it for you. Because Paul, you're excited about that, right? You want to provide things that just, when you went to your first publisher, what was this situation? Tell me. Uh, well, uh, it was, a, a, I think it was a, a very frustrating uh, encounter because uh, I had to give the book up for three years uh, to, to, so that they had full control of it. They, they told me what royalties I was going to get and what I wasn't going to get. Um, they said they were going to do marketing and, and book covers and, and all of that basically fell through, not not one sale in in the first year so i took the book back and and uh, decided to do something different because that was not working and that was a traditional publisher as well so wow okay and and the problem is they don't do marketing they don't understand marketing because most authors don't understand right. marketing and most publishing companies don't understand marketing and the reason is because books don't sell by themselves how many authors do you talk to every day paul who say, yeah, I published a few books, but no one's buying them. Tell me. Everybody says that. I mean, it, it's really uh, it's really a unique author who can write a book and it, and it goes right away to New York Times bestseller list and, and, and away it goes. I mean, you cannot do that without a brand. You know, there, there's, there are lots of things that are standing in the way of, of just writing a book and just turning it over to someone else to, to make you a millionaire. There's, that doesn't happen anymore unless your name might be Patterson or Balducci or something like that. So, so, and the, and even those guys, I'm, I'm wondering how many books they're selling as, as well. But, but, but the fact is, is that, is that you, you can't, it's a great thing to do. It's a great, wonderful accomplishment to, to write a book not a lot of people do that but but more and more people can do that and they are doing it and which is great we want to get more ideas and information out to the to the public so but you can't do that without some kind of marketing and branding exactly because it's all about brand it's all about marketing and that's what uh, seniors publishing is doing and i guess you have another announcement that if you're not a senior citizen there's another publishing company now and not just another publishing company, but marketing as well. And that's the Hollow Man series publishing. I mean, this right. Hollow Man publishing company. That's because that's for the people that are not seniors, right, Paul? That's that's correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we wanted to to get to build this Nietzsche of uh, uh, in the older segment of, of the population to to get out all their ideas and put them into books and get them out for for people to to see and understand. Uh, but but then we realized, okay, there's there's more to it than just this. It's, it's everybody wants to, to have and know how to do this process. And we are very open about it. We'll, we'll, we'll publish anyone's book, um, get it out there, and then and we'll go from there. And, and, and then we start to, it's all a, a really a customization, sort of an a la carte kind of a thing. You, you pick what you want, not what we want. And the royalties are all yours. That's, That's huge. Correct. Is there another publishing company, self-publishing, Vanity Public Publishing Company doing that? The answer is no. We're the one, you're the one for sure. So Paul, best place to go is seniors-publishing.com. That's correct, yeah. And then and you also the holomanseries.com. You can check out information. Contact Paul today. Paul, great information, man. We appreciate it, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you're you. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and my guest today is, again, business strategist, author, and business owner, Gene Kuhn. Gene, thanks for stopping by, and you're the marketing guru, and you're going to teach us today the importance of email marketing. A lot of times, people are just focusing all their time on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, and yet they don't have people they can communicate with each and every week who are really the valued people who understand them. 
Absolutely. And people right now, all they want, when they write an email, it's literally buy my stuff, right? Buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And that is not the way to um, get your people to open up your emails. There's a few things that we need to do in order to have a great email, Neil. Uh, one of them is you have to have a great uh, subject line, right? My best subject line ever was titled, my husband left me, right? Oh, and head. so... And the second part, and I'm gonna tell you why that was funny in just a minute. The second part of the email is you should start with something personal, right? So I, it was a snowy Sunday afternoon and my husband and my sons went to a superhero movie, which I could care less about, right? I couldn't care less about. And um, so I thought, I'm just gonna write an email to my list. So I wrote the title was, my husband left me. It was my biggest opening ever. They were probably wondering what took him so long. And uh, all he did was go to a movie. But I told a little bit of a story in there about that. And that's really that personal piece should be a story about what's going on in your life, right? Now, I wouldn't bring in, I wouldn't bring in drama. I wouldn't bring in anything bad that's happening. But it's when I start to write an email, I always stop and I think it's like, what story can I tie the lesson that I want to make to? So if you can make it a story, people will remember your stories long after they forget what your content was. That's so, so true because the storytelling gives that, builds that relationship. You exactly. want to have a relationship with your list, right? Exactly. As a matter of fact, this is a really good example. When I had the chocolate stores, um, my daughter graduated college and she had worked in that store since she was 12 years old. And people knew her, all the our, our favorite customers knew her. And I wrote, I just put her in our newsletter that month in her cap and gown and how proud we were of her and, you know, come in and say hi to her before she, she um, starts her new job at the hospital. And people, I had a woman reach out to me from Tennessee and she said, thank you for sharing the story of your daughter. My daughter's in nursing school as well, but she had to take a semester off because she just had twin baby girls, but she'll be right back at it. And I, I'm so grateful that you shared that story about your daughter. I did not know her. My store was not in Tennessee. She at some point had come through my store because the only way you could get on my email list was if you signed up in the store. So it was really, and I called her and I, and we, we chatted for a few minutes, right? We connected mom to mom, right? And there's a lot of different ways you can connect with your people by telling stories. Maybe you've got a puppy, you've posted a picture of a new puppy. By the way, if you show me a picture of a new puppy, Neil, you and I are best friends forever, <laughs> whether you want to be or not. So that's one way. Now, what happens if you're a cat person? Well, here's how you handle that, right? You get rid of the cat and you get a new puppy. And then we can connect again, right? So you, there's always, we'll connect over children, we'll connect over food, we'll connect over um, experiences, right? So I'm, when you write a story to start with a little personal story, you're right, it gives them an insight to who you are authentic, authentically and why they might want to connect with you. I love that because you're really making that connection off of opening the email to see the the subject matter. Okay, I'm going to check this out because I want I wonder what Gene has to say, and that's the beginning opener to get to capture that reader's attention, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. But you you cannot listen. Your all of your headlines cannot be um, so staggeringly. You know, I call them Huff Huffington Post headlines. They can't be Huffington Post or Inquirer headlines, right? You actually have to talk about what your headline is about, or you'll lose all credibility and nobody will open your, th your email again. So um, number two, you have to put a little bit of education in there, right? A little bit of education. So I've actually given you two, so maybe there's five. Subject line, something personal. Three is education. You've got to give them a little bit of education about what you do or the problem that you solve for people, right? So that's how I always tie my personal story into a business lesson. That number three is it has to be, you can include something else of interest for them in your newsletter. Um, when I was writing for the chocolate store, I would include a recipe. But now that I'm in, in the strategy business, I will include a video of the week. I will include something that I have, a training that I have coming up. I will include um, 
what might be, what extra trainings I might do or bringing people in to speak or whatever that is. I always have something in the subject line. I, I'm sorry, on the right-hand side of my newsletter, I always have something on the right-hand side of my newsletter that tells people what's up and coming or here's something you might like, something that may interest you. And then number four is, or number five is a call to action, right? You have to have a call to action in your newsletter. What do you want them to do? Do you want them to click here? Do you want them to buy something? Do you just want them to download a new freebie that you might have, another lead generator that you might be offering? All of these are just different ways to get people on your list and share it with other people. You so might once, even say that. Once, once you capture that reader's attention and you go right into the uh, you know, the, the education portion, is it you, you try to come up with a theme for each email? Yeah, absolutely. I sometimes I will sit here for an hour or two till I come up with the right story, or I'll start writing it. And then I as I'm writing, I'm like, Oh, well, that that personal story has nothing to do with the business lesson I want to teach. So I will literally erase it all and start over. And that business lesson so important, because they see your expertise. And that's when they want to contact you, right? Exactly. And, and here's the other thing is, and I know you're a big fan of AI and a lot of people are really big fans of AI. I don't want AI writing anything that comes out of my, if it comes off my desktop, it's something I hand wrote with no help from AI, right? You know why? Because it's my, AI will never write like I write. AI will never tell funny stories. Like I like to put in my news, my newsletters, AI, um, yeah, I don't see me and AI getting along too well, right? I'm a, I'm a, maybe a little control freak there that I don't want AI taking over my job. Well, then I'll have to show you because specifically what we can do is basically you can write your email same way through AI and then AI will help you with the best call to action because what they are able to do is they understand specifically what people want humanly. You have to put your input into this. If you input output, if you don't yes. put any good input in, AI doesn't work for you at all. You'll get exactly. the you'll get the junk for sure. All right. So you talk about the education, and is it right then the CTA after you give that business lesson? Is that when you jump to the CTA? Yeah, it is usually. Yeah, it's exactly when I do it. But the education can be anything from um, when I had the chocolate store. I'm using this as an example because it's such a, a good one. When I had the chocolate store, and I had a downtown br brick and mortar business. One of the pieces was bringing people into town, right? In order to come to my store and the other stores around me. So I always made people aware of when is the art festival, the downtown art festival? When is the, the carnival? When is the pet parade? Whatever that is, right? I always made sure I was telling people what was going on in town that they would want the Halloween walk, what they wanna come to, what can they come down and experience here? I wanna make sure that they at least know that. The other pieces um, for education now, I might put in, um, for what I do now, I might put in a good book to read. I might put in, um, so at our, or I might even copy two or three paragraphs from a book and put it in there as education. Hey, I just read this and I thought it was something you should know. And I'm sharing that with you right now, right? So it's always looking for something giving them a ton of value, right? That's really what your newsletter should be full of is just value. And what happens because you do that on a regular basis, your email newsletter, what you get great responses and you get leads from it too, right? I do. And, and, uh, and I make sales from it sometimes, right? I will put something out there. I've got a training or I've got a workshop or I've got a three-day event or whatever it is that I'm working on. I will put it out to my list. So, because I know that there are buyers on that list. So basically they're willing to fill out that contact form. They're willing to, because they're warm. People don't understand social media. They're not warm yet. They're, warm. they're, they're, they're thinking about it, but they're not considering it. But once they subscribe to that email list, it's goldmine. And what are your best ways of getting email subscribers, Jean? Uh, one of the things I do when I'm out speaking, right? When I go out and I speak, as a matter of fact, I was out yesterday, I collected 16 new email addresses, right? I spoke to a group of 16 people. They all wanted my newsletter after I talked about how kind of cool it was, news to use for business owners. So by the way, if you want my news to use for business owners, make sure you sign up at genekuhn.com. But, um, but that's exactly what it is. It's like, 
I tell them stories while I'm speaking. And then I talk about what they need to be putting in their newsletter. And then mostly they want to see it, which I'm excited about. They want to see it. How am I doing it? Right. What am I writing about? That's the very best. Being a model to them is the very best way I can sample them. All right. Best place against genekuhn.com. Think about that email. If you're not doing email marketing, Gene's going to come get you because ultimately at the end of the day, if you want to convert people, you have to convert them when they're warm. If they're not warm, you're dreaming because they have to do too much. You have to give them that call to action. And in social media, they're not warm yet. You got to get them to your list. You got to get them in DMs or you're not going to find them. Appreciate it, Gene. Thanks for having me, Neil. All right. You're welcome. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show. And we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show. And my guest again today is Mirabai Davies. She is a spiritual teacher, internationally known spiritual teacher and spiritual healer. Mirabai, thanks for stopping by. And our topic today is going to talk about, we were talking about one-on-one sessions. What's the difference between a private one-on-one session and a private and a retreat? What's the difference, a spiritual retreat? Yes, Neil, thank you so much for having me on your show again. And to answer your question, the difference between a private retreat and a private session is night and day. Because a private retreat is a once in a lifetime opportunity to make a major positive change and break through a cycle or a karmic cycle. So a retreat is actually designed, it's five days, if a person would like to receive that minimum five days to actually take a deep dive to an incredible level of depth where the deepest level of processing that a human being can go through, but in a held, loving, safe, warm environment. So a retreat is actually life-saving. It's a completely different level than a private session. Um, you can dig into the soul level during a private session briefly, but it's like one chapter versus a retreat is a whole movie. You can dig into a very deep soul level uh, where you have the time and the space to do work that you've been wanting to do your whole life. And during that retreat, there are a lot of light beings that come in to support that work and to help the individual to work through those deepest levels that they want to change or to make those changes in their lives. So during the retreat, I'm holding a container the whole time to remove people's blockages um, to healing themselves and to awakening spiritually. I'm helping them to, whether it's breaking through an illness or to get deep spiritual guidance and answers or to facilitate a major change for the better or to accelerate spiritually um, it's also about working on multidimensional levels with other lifetimes, past lives, looking at your timelines, clearing your karma, clearing deep body illness and deep body issues like injuries, illness, re- repeating relationship karmic patterns that are just not working, areas of conflict and even spiritual crisis. You know, so many people are dealing with spiritual crises these days. So. In this, in this place, uh, I'm working with very deep soul and etheric guided readings in the Akashic records, past life, lineage clearing, soul retrieval, and this kind of thing to access these deeper places. So the retreat helps people not only just to feel so much lighter, but it actually helps people to have that breakthrough experience that they've been looking for. And that breakthrough experience is permanent. So that private retreat is, how does it start? How long is the private retreat? Great question. So the private retreat is for five sessions and each session is one and a half hours. And those five days can happen as consecutively or they can be spread out over two weeks or they can be spread out over the course of a month if that person, if it's too intense and it needs integration time in between. And the session really is um, set up in a way where we map out in the first session what's needed for the entire retreat. And we're focusing on intuitive guidance. 
So it's different than a private session in the sense that there's the break, the long breaks between private sessions. Most people don't even realize that they can do this deeper level of work and healing on themselves and have this consecutive rhythm to do that in those five or 10 days, whatever they choose. So if a client wants longer, they can go longer. People, Some people actually work with me on and off throughout an entire month if they're going through a major transition in their life. What's amazing about this is in the one private session, you can't get enough. It's It gets to start. You understand things some, but they got you got to put the work in. It's like anything else. So by doing a private retreat, you really give them homework throughout that process to get to the goal once that private retreat is over. Isn't that correct? That's exactly right. Because we're doing so much deep digging. It's like surgery, right? It's a, it's an experience of like you're coming out of the hospital having had surgery, only it's on the inside because so much has been lifted out of you and adjusted and changed for the better that you need the homework, you need the practices, you need the support to integrate all the changes so that you don't go back to the old patterns or old programs or old life that you had before. I think it's fabulous stuff for sure. And it's something that you get blown away about having this experience. And we talked about how great one-on-one private sessions are, but private retreats, there's not many spiritual teachers doing this, spiritual healers, right? Again, we talked about this one-on-one sessions. Not many have the time or willing to do such great deep work one-on-one with Mirabai Devi. Right. That's because exactly like you said, one-on-one. And uh, just wanted to mention that it can take someone four to six months to integrate the work afterwards because it's so deeply life-changing. And um, physically, it can take three to four weeks to integrate it. So it's important for whoever decides that they want to experience a private retreat and do this level of deep work, that they really know that they're making the space or carving the space in their life to be able to integrate this massive shift in their internal energy system and that they can really know that I am there to support them, to protect them, to guide them and to work through it with them. So they're not on their own trying to do this massive shift all by themselves. So it's important that they know that I'm gonna walk them through the entire process with kid gloves in a tender, loving, compassionate way. And so whatever they've been afraid to face or to really look at or work on, it's not gonna be so scary. The work is actually gonna be amazing for them and life-changing. Oh, it's amazing, life-changing. It's gotta be really, really exciting. For people to get a possibility like this and this is only for a limited time right you don't always do private retreats right right so right now right now i'm on an event tour and during that event tour um mostly doing public events and private one-on-one sessions but i'm opening up space this august and this september for private retreats again so this is good timing if anyone feels called to come forward and book something for august and for September 2023, where I'm just going to be opening up the space for those now uh, for the first time in a while. And so I just wanted to mention people that have done previous retreats have had unbelievable outcomes. Massive health health problems have cleared up. Um, people have gone in and out of higher states of consciousness. Some have remained in them. People that have had like closed hearts and been even dealing with paranoia have like become healers or spiritual teachers and are helping guide people because they're in such a state of love and bliss. Uh, People that have had extreme anxiety and fear have come out with such a deep inner peace, finding their life purpose. Um, We've had people who've been like emotionally and financially paralyzed, open into huge levels of abundance and breakthrough. So we've really seen dramatic results on the retreat and it's because it's a consecutive breaking through of the walls or of the blockages until we kind of release them. And the best place to go is mirabydavy.org, right? The schedule. Yes, they can they can go to mirabydavy.org um, forward slash retreats. And there's a landing page there that tells them all about it. And there's a lot of information that we will give them also when they contact us. So they can also contact us at uh, info at mirabydavy.org. 
and send an email to the office and then we can help fill in the details. And also they can call you, right? That's another place where, yes, tell us about that. Mm-hmm. They can call us on 760-216-1029. That's 760-216-1029. And if they can't access the landing page on retreats, we can send that to them, send them a direct link. All right. Thanks, Mirabai. We appreciate it. Yeah, Neil, one more thing is that people can do a retreat from anywhere in the world because they're on Zoom. So people can join in from India or Malaysia or South Africa or Europe, and we can accommodate their time zones. And they can just all they have to do is commit to those five one and a half hour sessions over a week or two weeks or a month. And then in addition to that, if they are in the areas like California or Oregon or New England or Hawaii, they can come in person. All right. We appreciate it, Mirabai. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to The Neil Haley Show. My guest today, again, is the founder of Fabulingua, Leslie Omama, Omana Beggar. Leslie, thanks for stopping by. And we're going to talk about Spanish learning apps, Spanish language apps, and for early childhood and how Fabulingua is different than lots of those apps out there today, isn't it? Yeah, you know, in actual fact, this was exactly why I designed Fabulingua. I um, I came back from uh, visiting my grandma and I suddenly realized that she's from Venezuela. I took my son and I realized, wow, you know, he cannot communicate with his grandmother or his cousins. So I came home and and I decided, hey, you know what, we're going to teach my son Spanish. And the first thing I did was look for apps, right? Like that's the logical thing. But actually... Almost every app I found out there was some version of some glorified flashcard. The idea behind most children's apps is to teach you these piles of vocabulary. You know, all your farm animals, there's like a farm animal unit, all your colors, there's a color unit, all, you know. And I've, I speak four languages. I know a lot about language learning. And it's not the way you learn a language. You don't memorize piles of vocabulary, even if it's fun. And even if they're kind of like in a fun game, learning piles of vocabulary is not how you learn a language. You have to learn it in context. You have to, stories is the best way. And there was there were no apps out there that, that kind of taught a language in that more comprehensive sort of contextual basis, which is what Fabulingua does. We teach, we're an app, but we teach through stories um, and we teach through this, what the science of second language acquisition has told us is the best way to teach, which is called comprehensible input. So um, the difference is that most of those apps are pretty lightweight. They're going to teach you very token amount of vocabulary and you're going to feel like, hey, great, my, color, my kid knows how to count or he knows the colors. But that's not learning a language. Um, you really want to do a story based app that really focuses on storytelling in order that you're learning the larger context of the words uh, and what they mean and how you use them. Um, and that's what really what Fabulingua does. Um, and it, it does it does it through a, a method of comprehensible input, which is the best practice for teaching a second language. It, it definitely s- seems like it as you've been talking about it because the other apps just go to the basics and it really doesn't keep the kids on task independently either. The apps are built to more play for a little bit, but you really need that extra input. And what you've built, how you built this is the kids can work independently. I think it's very, very important. Yeah, no, it's totally designed around independent learning because, you know, really that's what I wanted to do is is to, to, to make sure that my kid was getting as much exposure as possible during the week. And for that, because I'm busy doing other things, I really needed for her to be able to learn independently. Um, and, uh, so the independent learning is, is a key component. The other thing is that we're actually a mobile game. We're not just an app. All of our stories are located inside a mobile game with a journey where you unlock locations and you get treasure chests and all sorts of like delicious mobile game um, mechanics. And so that really keeps kids engaged. It's not just gamified with a few points for getting something. It's a full legit mobile game, which kids love because that's really what they want to be doing. They want to be playing mobile games. So you know, why not join them uh, in their desires and meet them where they are? And you're like one of the first to do that in a, in a, in a Spanish learning app, right? Especially for early childhood. To do yes, something. absolutely. Yes. We're um, the, we're, I think the only game out mobile game out there 
for kids that is based on stories and storytelling and based rooted in comprehensible input, which really is the best practice for teaching a second language. So that that's powerful being the first to the party. And you're seeing the in your research that gaming learning gaming apps are going to become more and more popular moving forward, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, the future of education is undoubtedly in gaming. And for kids, because they're on devices, it's in mobile gaming because mobile game, mobile devices are much more accessible than, you know, full on uh, gaming stations. So really, the future of learning is in mobile gaming. And the reason for that is that mobile games have managed to find that magic formula of keeping your attention. And that is one of the key components in learning anything particularly in learning a language, you've got to be paying attention. You've got to want to be there. You've got to be engaged in order for you to learn that language. And that's what mobile games do so well. So that really is why mobile games are such a great strategy for, for language learning. They definitely are. And uh... Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.